Hey, 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 listen, it was ball. Kevin Durant got ball on that last play. In double overtime, the Phoenix Suns win 140 to 137. Uh, a double overtime game. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's not easy uh, when you are playing a Sunday game and it starts at six o'clock and you're like, hey, we're gonna get we're gonna get through this thing. We're gonna we're gonna make this nice and easy. Nice little early start. Nope. Matthew, double overtime win. But the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. win, baby. Hey, we should start pointing to each other when we first see each other. Hey, what's hey. up? That, that'll be our what's new up? thing. Hey, uh, you know I love basketball, but can I just say I, I fucking hate overtime. I don't. <laughs> I just. I just hate it. I never liked it in my lifetime. The anxiety plus it just sucks. Five more minutes of basketball. It's kind of cool, but they should switch it up. Do something different. I want Katie and Markin and go at it. First one to three. That's game. That's it. I'm sick That'd of watching be... these extended games, but yeah, thank God the Suns won. I'm excited about that. That would be amazing. Like if that you would go be to really o- fun. They if you go to overtime, up. yeah, it's just okay. We're just going. Uh, we're we're playing first to three. I love that. That's a great idea. Maybe uh, they will suggest that to the powers that be. Uh, the Let's NBA. Do it, HBO. Okay, Ishbia, make this happen, dude. You got the money. Make it <laughs> buy happen. John's painting. Buy the pitch up overtime. Buy the painting behind me. Cool 10 G's, man. I'd appreciate it. Goes towards <laughs> Suns Charities. I am a Suns Charity. So help me out. Uh, but a, a good game, ultimately, because this Phoenix Suns won. It was a hard-fought battle in Utah. Second game in three nights in uh, Salt Lake City. The Phoenix Suns do pull it out. And we're above 500. And Eddie Johnson said it on the broadcast. One of the hardest things is to just get over that hump, to get over the 500 hump and to be uh, in – to have a winning record. And the Phoenix Suns now have that as they sit seven and six. And Matthew, I believe we call this a winning streak. This is three consecutive games. The Phoenix Suns have won. Yeah, it's three tough ones. Sucky teams. Good thing we play sucky teams and we got that three game win streak. It doesn't matter, man. Uh, that the Kings, I think, won their six in a row tonight. They're starting off terribly this season. Did they re- with Fox going down with an injury earlier in the season? Now he's back. Yeah, they beat the, the Mavericks. They're on a six game win streak. And, you know, Suns, Kings, it's always a thing. So we're going to streak when they streak. So let's do it together. <sighs> Sun Kings, let's go streaking down through the gymnasium, through the quad. It'll be a good time. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Whether you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or Instagram live, we appreciate it. If you happen to be on the YouTube feed, hit that thumbs up button. Smash the subscribe button. Hit the bell notification as well. Let you know when we go live, which is after every single Phoenix Suns game. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you for doing so. Make sure that if you are on Apple Podcasts, you stop by. Rate us five stars. Write a little review. We'll read it right here on the podcast. And I do want to give a shout out to Phoenix Fitz. Uh, they are one of our sponsors, phoenixfits.net. That's F-E-N-I-X-F-I-T-S dot net. If you happen to stop by there, use the discount sh- code SUNSJAM10. Good for 10% off at the phoenixfits.net uh, apparel store. Some really cool stuff that they do over there. So if you get a chance, stop by there. Matthew, are you drinking a beer with me tonight, my friend? No, beer's bad for you. I'm done drinking beer. Rest of my life. Are you going to start drinking like Trulies or something? So, yeah, those Bourbon. are good for you. Are you going to start cracking open bourbons on the pod? Only if John Bloom buys me a drink, I'll have a drink. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well, smash him if you got him, Suns fans. You need it after a game like tonight, eh? Suns win. They are now seven and six on the season. It is a final score of one forty to one thirty-seven, which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty, mate, I've got to ask. I've got to ask. When you take a look at a game like this, knowing that the Utah Jazz are without Walker Kessler, who's their primary center and rebounder. Should the Suns have been killed on the glass the way that they were in this game? No, but I think they were just long rebounds. I was kind of prepared for this situation to come up in the pod where we talk about the rebound, and the Suns rebounding has been good this year. 
I feel like we've always out-rebounded the competition. Today it was the long ones. The Jazz, the Jazz hot in last game. They were trying to come out and be streaky again in this game. And all of those shots were hitting like the back of the rim. And the Suns were just so close to the basket, they were going over their heads. I think it's as simple as that. Um, there's nothing really there with the rebounding. But the only thing is the paint and the offensive end for the our, whenever they're actually playing defense on the – oh, my God, hold on. Let me just restart that really quick. Okay, go for when it. The Suns are playing defense, uh-huh. and uh, the opposing team is, like, going in there at will in the paint, just getting there at will. That's what I'm talking about. That's a, that's the part that scares me the most. Those rebounds, though, I'm okay with it. I think they've done a good job this year, right, so far? For the most part, yeah. You take a look at the Phoenix Suns as a team uh, relative to rebounding. Entering to get tonight – uh, they have the 12th most total rebounds and they give up the fourth least. And I think that that's important. They give up about 41 rebounds a game. You look at offensive rebounds, they give up the 18th least. They do give up the most defensive rebounds. So they are pretty good at shoring up that, uh, that defensive glass for them, the offensive glass for the opposition. But tonight was a different story, obviously. The Utah Jazz completely and utterly uh, had their way on the glass they end up just eviscerating the suns and and to your point yeah a lot of these are long rebounds right because they're taking some deep shots they're gonna get obviously long rebounds but i do feel and it was and you could definitely see it in that first overtime there was a, a a lack of give a fuck kind of on the boards ultimately they give up a total of 59 rebounds and 27 of those are of the offensive variety. And I get that you're going to have some residual rebounding off of long shots like we saw tonight, but 27 rebounds is a lot to give up. And I don't think it's due to lack of size. I think it it purely and utterly, at least tonight, it was a lack of overall effort. It was a lack of, like I said, give a fuck. Uh, You know, you look at it, Second chance points through the first overtime. They haven't posted the final stats, but 27 second chance points. I mean, the Suns could walk away with this one, but ultimately they walk away winning two games in Utah by a total of six points each. Yeah, now I'll go with Metal Mike on this. Let's see, he won't drink, but he's high as hell. You yeah, know, I'm man. not high as hell, but this game did kind of bother me because I have a pre-roll ready to go tonight, Sunday night, just smoke a little bit, go to bed. And it just, you know, this overtime Dragged thing made me a little frustrated. Now I only have like a half hour to get high and go to sleep before my mom is like, it's, you know, it's late, buddy. You got to go to sleep. I was thinking that the turnovers is just the biggest issue right now with the Suns. The rebounding did suck. But you kind of go by your leaders. The way that the 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 Kevin Durant, Devin Booker's of this team are leading this team and how their you know body language looked tonight. Devin Booker, I don't know if he's just really trying to catch his win still. You know, that's always a thing, right? He's trying to catch his win. He's not able to really go off and help us, like, extend those leads. Mm-hmm. But right now, he just kind of looked like, you know, lackadaisical a little bit. When he came back in the game with five minutes left, he was whistling along to the song. He kind of just figured out, we're going to win this game no matter. I don't think he knew it was going to go to two overtimes. Yeah. But his kind of just bottling, which is kind of weird, Katie turned the ball over so much in the first half. He had seven tonight. You know, when those guys are doing that, then I kind of think it just falls on the rest of the team. And I want to say, like, when they're turning those balls over and they're just making the worst plays, the worst passes, how come they never get yelled at? Is it because they are just the leaders? You can't yell at KD? Because anytime everyone else fucks up, KD's always all over them. And now when, when he's turned the ball over, no one ever holds him responsible but himself. So I guess it's just because it's KD, right? That's the only reason. I, I yell at him, but he can't hear me. Yeah, they're... Uh... <laughs> They're yelling. uh, You can't yell at each other, right? Like Kevin Durant can't yell at himself. So that's probably why he's not doing that. Um, But that being said, you know, looking at the turnovers, looking at the rebounding issues, looking at all these different things that the Phoenix Suns had to navigate tonight, you know, it it ultimately, I mean, it was what, like 18 to 19 relative to rebounds. I think that's what it came out to, right? Was it 18, 19? Um, So the Suns did have some untimely turnovers, but so did the Utah Jazz points off of turnovers were pretty similar. 16. Yeah. The, you know, like you said, they, they can't yell at each other, but there was just, there was a lot of boneheadedness in this one. I mean, and that's what results to a team like the Utah Jazz, a team that you are more talented at than uh, winning the battles on the boards, winning the turnover battle. 
And a lot of that is self-inflicted type of wounds and self-inflicted just basketball and lazy basketball at times where Jordan Clarkson had that one steal breakaway when I believe it was was Eric Gordon or great. I think it was Grayson Allen was throwing the ball to Yerke to to Jerkic. Uh, It's they telegraph things sometimes and they've got to shore that up because thankfully they won this game. There's not a lot of worlds in which you get out rebounded by 15 out rebounded on the offensive glass by 16 uh, get outshot by 13 total field goal attempts. The Utah jazz attempted 115 field goals tonight. The suns had one Oh two. There's not a lot of worlds where you survive that. You look back to the two games prior to this, what was successful for the suns? Not necessarily their defense, but their ball security, nine turnovers in each of the last two games. Just not good. There's not good basketball tonight. It's no, it's basketball. not. And there's one thing too. We'll talk about Booker, I'm sure. But I just think the the inconsistency with the lineups really in the first quarter kind of throw things off. I feel like they get so hot at times and then they switch guys out and then they start turning the ball over a little bit more. Um, I don't know if that plays a big factor, but like even they're always winning the assist battle too. Even tonight, 36 to 27. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're always leading the boards. It's always the turnovers, dude. And Eddie Johnson said, and we always know this, don't blame the fourth quarter and how it's close and like, you know, the miscues there. It's everything else before that to put yourself in the situation, right? The turnovers yes. are just, they're so ridiculous. It's like going on a, like a hot date, you know, and then you just tell them like, oh, I have herpes. It's like, why do you have to tell me <laughs> you have herpes? Just enjoy the date. You know what I mean? You don't tell them right away. It, not on the first date, like unless you're date, like a, right? unless you're a smooth mover, mover, and like you get to that point where you have to tell him you have said herpes. Yeah, just enjoy the evening. No, I get exactly. you. <laughs> and then the fourth quarter is basically just the the hard time of putting on a condom. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. I feel really weird. I think it's a concussion from my accident two weeks ago. You're just, so, it's just really now settling in. <laughs> yeah, it's just not hitting me tonight. I don't know. What I'm maybe talking maybe, about. maybe you should start drinking, Matthew. It'll take a little bit. I of should. Red. You know, the Jamsters love the drinking, Lissy. The the little um, you know, little little drunk, Lissy. I can't have. Yeah, that a- everybody loves Buzz Lissy. It's just a good time for everybody. Yeah. Another another issue that the Phoenix Suns had in this game was closing quarters, especially in the first half. So Kevin Durant goes out with about. I think three or four minutes left in the first quarter. Jazz going on an 11-3 run, tied 30-30 after the first. Suns let the Jazz go on a 6-0 run to end the second quarter, and they were up 11, 61-50. It ends up being 61-56. They did end the third on a 10-5 run. But this is kind of a, a continual issue with Phoenix where they're having a hard time closing out quarters, where the focus, and again, it's like focus and give a fuck. That's where there's been issues with the Suns. It's almost like they feel like they're they're better than the opposition at times so they can take that foot off the gas pedal. And we've seen it bite the team over and over again, right? Yeah, we have. And I was actually thinking, too, are we kind of spoiled from that 64-game win season where everything was just like a well-oiled machine and everything was just always planned perfectly with this team? You know what I mean? Like every game was just almost a blow-up. A crunch time would come around, crunch time, and – Basically, you know, the Suns had it. Um, I just, I think the whole miscues thing and then the injuries and all that, they kind of just kind of amount to the fact that you can't be consistent throughout the whole game. But I don't know. I just, winning these type of games, like you kind of should be happy, I guess, this early in the season when you're trying to figure it out. But I think we're just kind of spoiled from that season. And I think that um, we just kind of expect more from these players already. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But obviously, I think this team, the way it is right now, they're not good. They're not good. We're lucky we're playing these shitty teams to get these wins. They're not at yes. least like we thought they would be. And I think not that's yet. the thing in the back of our mind. So it's like when they're going through these troubles, you're like, oh, well, I expect more, right? But me, I just look at it as like they fucking suck. But obviously they have to work through these issues. So I don't what was your question? I'm sorry, dude. Closing quarters. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> inconsistency <laughs> no i was it's like I'm matthew sorry, like, like matthew so soon with that with your like thought matthew. where i was like researching something and then i was thinking of that when you actually stopped speaking i'm like oh i gotta speak so that was my thing well shout out to biscuits and the bear three dollars you know for those of you who don't know biscuits and the bear <laughs> hangs out at the end of every game and if we win they will donate the amount of our point total to win we won by three three dollars says all ball so thank you 
biscuits in the bear. And I like what John Tran says as well. He says, we need to give a fuck guy. Like, we have some fuck shit up guys, which I'm going to get to later. I got a whole segment on fuck shit up guys. Uh, we have a give a fuck guy. But we we need a give a fuck guy. We do. <laughs> who's, who's the give a fuck Nurk. guy? Nurk always gives a fuck. That's why I love him so much, man. Well, then let's rock some Nurk. Nurkich watch. Nurk gives a fuck. He's that guy. You <laughs> Nurkic in this game, 35 minutes played. He had 18 points and 12 rebounds, uh, which is the exact averages of DeAndre Ayton last year. He had two blocks. He had one steal. He had two assists. He was 7 of 11 from the field. He didn't shoot any threes, which was nice. And he only had two turnovers, Matthew. Talk about Nurk giving a fuck. I love it when he lays it in. And the first thing I was thinking about was like when DA would do that, we get so mad. Why won't he dunk the fucking ball? You know, I, I wanted to tweet that too. I'm yeah. like, I wish Nurk would just dunk the Nurkic ball. Because Nurkic can't. He physically can't. He, he physically can't. And if he did, he might come down and be hurt. He might break those legs again. I feel bad, you know. We we put a lot on him because of his his inability to really get over the rim. Um, you know, it's an issue. But tonight, I just think it shows how much he does give a fuck. The way he just looks out there on the court – they all sweat, but this guy sweats differently. His face is red. Booker's <laughs> face turns red, but this guy's whole head was red. Like he just cared so much tonight to get that win. I just, I don't know. I just, I love the amount of enthusiasm he has on the offensive end, no matter the situation. If he's out rebounded or if he, um, you know, he knows the guy's a little bit more athletic than him, he still tries every play. Um, I don't know if you did see that DeAndre Ayton video of him setting those screens. I'm pretty sure you saw those. I posted it, <laughs> but it's just the fact that Nurkic. Oh, did you post it? I posted oh. that one, and then the one where like he didn't go for a pass and ended up being a turnover and a dunk for the Lakers. Oh. Just typical <laughs> eight and not giving a shit yeah. stuff. But I mean, Nurk is this is different. I think Nurk, um, he he gives a fuck. But the reason I'm saying it's because he's so limited. But he puts himself in such great situations down there. He's kind of like has a little bit of the Akogi-ness in him where he'll make really good plays by like tipping it back out for the offensive rebound or just giving his team another chance under there. Um, so tonight, like his stat line looks as good as it's ever going to look, right? He might throw up the 10 assists every now and then, but I feel like he just wants everything to be so perfect. And I spoke about yelling at each other earlier. I don't think he got yelled at once today by KD. <laughs> the only time KD yelled at him, I think, was when it was double OT or maybe the first overtime when KD hit a big three like he did this whole game. And like Nurk was running by him. He yelled something at him right when he was running by. I think he was just like, let's fucking end this game or something. Like they have that kind of passion. Ooh, a, like that's why positive, he fits in so well, dude. A positive being yelled at. That's a nice, yeah, that's that's good, a nice isn't change it? of pace. Yeah, yeah I mean – we talk about give a fuck and obviously I'm being facetious. Uh, a, a lot of balls just didn't go the way of the suns tonight. The jazz knew that if they out hustled the suns on the boards, it would give them a chance. And it did give them a chance. Ultimately they didn't win, but Nurkic, you know, again, those 12 rebounds, he had four lots of offensive rebounds himself and 18 and 12. I mean, that's, that's a, a great game by Nurk and it solidifies the fact that he should be the starting center. Because those conversations are starting to have. I know that you've said it a little yeah. bit here and there. It's like, I'd like more minutes for Eubanks. I was on with the Aussie Suns fan podcast last night, and we were having that same kind of conversation about Nurkic versus Eubanks. Is Eubanks starting to play himself into like the starting role? And the answer is no. Eubanks is playing above his price for value paid right now. He's a veteran minimum guy. Nurkic is playing right where he should as a $16 million a year center. He's given you good games. He's given you bad games. And that's how centers typically operate in the NBA. They're not all Joel Embiid. They're all not all Nikola Jokic. A lot of them are like a Yusuf Nurkic or a Nikola Vucevic or a Jonas Valanciunas. They're big. They're clunky. They can be slow. They can be pigeons on defenses at, at time, and they can get played off the court at times. Um, but it doesn't negate his effectiveness and his willingness to try. The thing that I've appreciated about him is he does seem always engaged. And that's what you're looking for from Nurkic. It's like he, from a physical standpoint, his physical capabilities are limited. And that's just what you have to accept. It's attitude and effort that we give a shit about here in Phoenix because we've been void of that for the past five seasons. So if you have some give a fuck or some give a shit or whatever we let's say it like normal people. So if you care, then, then, then we appreciate you. And Yusuf cares. And he had a solid game tonight. And I was really uh, appreciative, especially in the fourth quarter. He played fantastic in the fourth quarter. The Suns 
deployed some different strategies and they're like, okay, Nurkic can be the guy who we can kind of go to for a while, take some pressure off of Tev- Devin Booker, who wasn't having the best game, take some pressure off of Kevin Durant. And Nurkic goes four of six for eight points in the fourth quarter with four rebounds. He goes for eight and four in the fourth. That That's a great quarter by Yusuf Nurkic uh, in a in a vital quarter for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and the, the whole, like, he cares, it, it does worry me sometimes because – Sometimes he has like those after the game interviews and he just he'll he'll voice his opinion so strongly about what's going on. And I'm always worried, like, I don't want him to be upset and this early in the season, you know what I mean? Like things aren't working out. So I worry about that. And the fact that he cares, it just shows me like, hey, he does care about this team and he does want to win. And like you said, it's just having a center that does that just means so much to us. And like they, they got him involved late in the game too. Like he makes himself available. Like he's not always yes. the first option for like the third or fourth pass down there. But if he can get open, we know it takes him a while to get that lay in. He'll he'll get the ball. It's just it's nice that he can like set some screens and still run the pick and roll. And the only thing is, these guys need to cut more, man. When he has yes. the ball, these they need to start flying towards. He the will ground. reward them. Like, yes, he's waiting for that. So I I want to see more of that. We should see more of him integrated into the offense, depending on the matchup. And I think I agree. Like if you have him out there with Nasir Little, he'd like yes. be the perfect cut perfect. guy because he can finish around the rim. Uh, Michael Kolb, one of our elite jamsters. Again, thank you to all the elite jamsters for supporting the show in that capacity. Since I disagree on Nurkic, most of the rebounds fell into his hands and half the time his back was to the basket. And I don't disagree with that. Nurkic isn't an athletic rebounder. He's not going to go up and just snatch the board. Like, remember when DeAndre Ayton, every now and then, like once every four games, he would go get one aggressive rebound, right? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Damn. Like, that, you're not going to get that from Nurkic. He's going to – but when he when the ball comes to him, he grabs it. And I think that that's, that's very important for the Phoenix Suns and very important for the success of the team on the from a rebounding standpoint. Looking at Devin Booker in this Big Dick Booker. This wasn't the greatest Devin Booker performance. Ends with 26 points. Ends with eight assists. Does have three turnovers. three or Two more, I'm sorry, than he had just two nights ago against the Utah Jazz. But eight of 21 from the field and two of seven from beyond the arc. And it was kind of a tale. Of, it was like a, like a three-act play. Right, like the majority of stories are written in three acts, right? Like you got the first act, and then the second act, and then the third act, and that's why they're called three acts. They're supposed to <laughs> is that really a thing? That's I, a I thing. Know. That's okay. a thing. Okay. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's it's like getting to you know the first yeah. act is where you get to know the characters. The second act is where they navigate the problem. The third act is where the resolution ultimately occurs. And there's titles for okay. it, and uh, I just call it first act, second act, third. Act. The first act in the first half was Devin Booker trying to get his teammates involved. Ends up just going two of six from the field, has four points at, at the half, has five assists, a couple fouls, a couple rebounds. In the second half, he really starts to ratchet it up and goes, you know what, I'm going to be the guy who's going to score more. He goes six of 11 in the second half and scores 20 points, six of those coming from the free throw line, only has one assist in that second half. And then obviously the third act is the fact that this team had to play two overtimes and he was, you know, deferring once again. Both overtimes combined. Devin Booker, uh, let's see, first overtime, he was two of six from the field. Nope, that's not right. First overtime, 0 of two from the field. That sounds right. Then he was 0 of two from the field in the second overtime. So he goes 0 of four in overtime. So again, Dishon trying to get Kevin Durant involved. Kevin Durant is the scoring alpha on this team right now. And Devin Booker knows it, Matthew. Yeah, dude. Re- regular Dick Booker, bitch. Oh, I was clicking on it too. Time. I was just gonna say, hey, John Doe, yeah, regular Dick Booker. He's back, right? He makes it average size, <laughs> average sized penis booker. I swear this is average. Swear. Um, so, um, <laughs> I think the the game winner at the end of the fourth. Why do people watch this? I tonight's a weird night. We're not doing a very good job. Oh, I think we're doing I'm fantastic. Not, not. We're having a blast. Yeah, two hundred uh, people watching. We're having a good old time. Yeah, I guess we are. Right. Um, come out and take a bow, Devin Booker. In the fourth quarter, I thought you were going to end it with the four quarters, but you went into the overtime with the third act. So this kind of doesn't make any sense now. So I'm like, if you were going to end it and come out and take a bow, it was when Kevin Durant gave him the opportunity to get the game winner. 
I think when that happened, you're kind of like, maybe Katie, you should shoot it. Like you're a little bit more streakier right now, especially heading into the overtimes after the fourth quarter. He was nailing about everything. Booker settled for a really bad shot, right? Yeah. I don't mind him yeah. taking the shot, obviously, but he had, like EJ said, another step. I thought he was going to yeah. go in and get a better look. Yes. Something is off with Booker. I don't know if it's him not getting his wind yet, like I mentioned earlier, but tonight he just wasn't, he was like non existent sometimes. And the corner three, like some, somebody mentioned, missing that one was just, I didn't really trust him to make it either. Like it was just a weird situation. They left him wide. Open. I wanted that shot though. I wanted. Oh that yeah, shot. definitely. I definitely wanted it. I just was like, I don't feel like he's gonna make it. Like there's just something off. I, I thought last game there was an injury to his forearm. Um, when when he went up for that dunk and got blocked, he came down. I feel like really hard on his arm or something. So mm-hmm. ever since then, he hasn't shot the ball well. Going into that, he was killing this team last game in the first half. So he just looks different offensively not passing because they're going to make him try to like beat him beat them and he just he couldn't do it kd luckily tonight just hit some really big shots yeah a lot of the jamsters are saying in the chat and i believe it it's you know he is playing injured you know i think it it does and he obviously is coming back because he knows this team needs him and he's a just a competitor in every sense of the word and he wants to do anything he can to help this team, knowing that Bradley Beal's out for the next three weeks. When Bradley Beal was kind of living on the day-to-day, Booker was like, listen, I'm just going to continue to monitor this calf strain and do what I can to get healthy because both you guys are out there. But then Bradley Beal's like, dude, I can't, I can't. And Bradley Beal shouldn't be even on the bench right now. Like, sitting down, just like go lay somewhere, Bradley Beal, for three weeks, just lay. Yeah, ask Steve Nash maybe what happened. Or yeah. how, Remember when Nash used to like just lay down the whole yeah. time? <laughs> yeah, he should be doing that like the whole time, you know, but he's, yeah. a, he's a competitor and he's embracing the point guard role, especially in that first half, as I noted. You know, he's doing no-look passes, uh, but unfortunately, as he's trying to become that playmaker that this team needs – you can see him thinking a bit and he's passing up on his shots in an effort to incorporate his teammates, which isn't a horrible thing. I mean, that's what the regular season's for is for him to try to figure out how to be the best version of him, how to know when and where to be an ideal playmaker or to be an ideal scoring guard and to, uh, to obtain that balance. The whole regular season is just a ramp up for the, for the postseason for this team. And he's trying to learn how to do it. And we're seeing it in port in, uh, in, in, in real time. You know, his passiveness took him out of his rhythm at times, especially in that fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, Frank Vogel was very astute, in my opinion, and started to play some small ball five. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to spruce Matthew up a little bit and we're going to make him dance. Oh, no. Yeah. very astute in this game uh for those of you listening matthew did not dance once i didn't because i kind of committed to not dancing and i'm like i'm kind of mad i did that yeah, i apologize because, to everybody out there waiting for that all night. every everybody everyone who's watching this was dancing i know that you're in your living room somewhere probably watching this on the toilet and just you know while you're while you're cranking out a third <laughs> you're dancing you and you're your butt. Time, dude, <laughs> but early in the game seven two run to start the game by the utah jazz boom Timeout by Vogel. I love that. I know that you're the timeout guy, but I loved it because the Suns responded with a 22-6 run. He settled him down. In that first overtime, Vogel said, you know what? We're not playing Nurkic at all. We are just we're, we're Nurkic kicking on the bench because we're going to run everything in small ball fashion to Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant, they just run isolation on the left wing and then over and over and over. They just did some some Durant out of the post with some four-out spacing, and they were playing out of that advantage with the Jazz scrambling in rotation time and again. And Eric Gordon benefited from that. So he's starting to pull these levers. We noticed it in the last game, right, where the or we, we said at the last game his starting five has been productive. The starting five that he rolled with tonight is once again one, so they're 3-0. He put in some defensive lineups bridging the third to the fourth in the last game. And now we're seeing him utilizing some small ball 
wrinkles as a part of this offense. This team's going to continue to grow and, and, and mesh together because of these decisions that he's making. And it's nice to see adjustments being made. I forgot that those existed. Yeah, he's sprinkling a little different stuff in there every now and then. I love how when he gave KD the opportunity, like you said, playing on the left side and just everyone else on the other side, and once he gets it, he gets doubled, right? So they leave it up to KD. Like most of the game, I think Utah was just making KD and Booker beat them, and KD would make the right pass, and it was up to those other guys to hit big shots or cut or make the right play after they received the pass in the lane or on the on the other side on the baseline. So they did that. They helped KD out, and I know it went to another overtime after that, and they probably should have ended it then because I felt like those plays were like, like, wait, why is Utah letting them do this? Because I feel like these are good opportunities for Eric Gordon and even Grayson Allen to hit those threes. And, you know, but the Suns couldn't really hit them every time, but they were good looks. Uh, the timeout in the beginning of the game, I just want to go over. That was awesome. I really loved that because the I Suns figured had, you'd love that. In the first six minutes, they had 21 points, but in the first two minutes of the game, they had like two, two points. And then they had like seven assists right after that. The ball was moving so well. And then that's when Booker came out with like seven minutes left in the first or six minutes left in the first. Then everyone, everything kind of switched, momentum switched again. Um, but yeah, I love what Frank's doing right now. And I think it's really helps and it kind of sucks. Maybe it doesn't suck. I just say that because, you know, we're all big fans of him. That Yuta did miss tonight's game so little could make a bigger appearance tonight. But even last game, you saw a little bit of him. Now, today's game played a lot of minutes and was really impactful, I thought. Yeah, big time. Absolutely big time. You want to nasty Nas it a little bit? Yes. Let's give it up to Nasty Nas. Scroll, 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 scroll. One of the byproducts of the contusion that Utah Watanabe was out with was the fact that the Seer Little's the one who got his minutes tonight. And he capitalized. He played 20 minutes tonight. He had 10 points. He had a couple assists, had three rebounds, two of five from beyond the arc. Uh, big uh, threes, in my opinion. And three blocks as well. He's showing us that he can play both sides of the ball effectively. And that's the challenge that we're, have, we're having with Yuta Watanabe right now is while he is a sniper from beyond the arc, he, he's lost on defense. He's like he's like a little kid playing soccer where it's just they're running around with no direction on defense and doesn't know really what to go, where, where to go and just has their hands up the whole time. And I, I loved what I saw from him. Uh, he was part of those first substitutions. You know, he started with a three-pointer followed by a boom room jam per K-Ray. Is, is Nasir Little this year's Josh Akogi, like the effective energy guy off the bench? Yeah, he has that. But I think he really talked, he took Yuta's spot. He definitely did. I think tonight, you can see why, right? Defensively, when he helps on rotations, he actually has size and athleticism to stay in front of the guy and make a little bit of difference, to tear the shot as much as he can. Defensively, it's not, it's not there exactly like what maybe we expected maybe, but I think offensively is what you're looking for from him where he can actually dunk like he did earlier on the, on the steal, just mm -hmm. proving a point there, but hitting a big shot and just taking the three, knowing like, Hey, he has a confidence. He's like, I'm going to take this first, his first stint off the bench. He just hits a three with Boom. someone right in front of him. He's like, I'm going to do this, but you trust him more and more. It's nice. It's kind of like KBD where you're just like, we trust him more and more on the floor. I even trust his corner threes. Now with Nas, he's going to earn that from us. And I think that he's definitely going to get more minutes. Even when Yuta comes back, I think he kind of just took a spot. Because I wanted either Nas or I wanted Metsu to just fill that role and just see what happens because he had more athleticism and some guys that can actually – they're longer and they can make a difference defensively. I'm not saying our defense got any better with <laughs> Nas, but just saying that he is a little bit better. And offensively, he's just a little bit more confident. Because you can even see in Yuta where he just kind of lacked a little confidence Last game he was a little bit better, but the games before that he just his shot it just wasn't there. So I like well, seeing him, and not just his shot. Like he would be open for a three, and rather than shoot it, he'd pump fake, let the defender close on him, and then he'd drive. And you're like, Yuta, that's not what you. It's like it's like Damian Lee last year. Like, dude, Damian Lee, you're in the game to shoot the three ball. Stop yep. doing this pump fake shit, driving to the key, and then realizing that you don't have the ability to finish around the cylinder, so you're trying to pass out and you're turning the ball over. And Yuta's been doing that a little bit. So, you know, again, as Eddie Johnson mentioned, a lot of players who haven't been playing minutes got together uh, at the arena yesterday on their off day and played. And he and Yuta Watanabe took a knee in the thigh. And so it's just cramping up a little bit. 
and he missed this game. And I think it was smart. And again, if you're going to get those minutes, you have to capitalize. And I feel like Nasir Little, for the most part, every opportunity he's had thus far this year, he has capitalized and he has contributed. We don't need him to be... Uh, it'd be nice if he was the guy who come in and just, you know, and he scored 18 points off the bench, you know, but that's not his role. It's just to eat some minutes to be effective on both ends of the floor, to bring the hustle, to bring the grit, to bring the grind. And to answer my own question, is he this year's Josh Akogi? Is he the effective energy guy off the bench? Maybe. We'll see. Time will tell. But he has the skill set and the athleticism to do so. He has the ability to play outside of his size and be effective and shoot. So, who knows? Time will tell. But I, I like what we're seeing so far from him. Yeah, but those big rebounds he had in the fourth, really, to even give KD that second chance opportunity. Yes. Data three. Like, those are huge. But those are plays that Udo can't make. So those are the Kogi plays you're talking about. So I can see it. Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Alan. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen. Our fuck shit up guy. Grayson Allen tonight went for a total of 14 points. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, spice it up a little bit. You should keep adding more and more <laughs> scenes of anything Allen and just make it like a 20-minute intro for Grayson Allen. <laughs> just Shout out to John Bloom. John Bloom mentioned something about Allen from Barbie. I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw that in the drop. So there you go, Bloom. I gave you your props on that. Uh, but 14 points, five of eight from the field, three of six from beyond the arc, three assists, four rebounds, one block, couple turnovers, but a huge three in oh, the second overtime. Ultimately, the one that sealed the deal. Devin Booker passes to him. He's got off to his left, a wide open Kevin Durant, who's been cooking all night, and he takes the shot himself and he hits it. That's fucking shit up, in my opinion, Matthew. Yeah, that's why he's still in the starting lineup, too. Um, defensively, I don't know. But offensively, he can just hit those big shots because he's not scared of it. But 43 minutes tonight, of course, it's the two overtimes. But I just I love the fact that he can start the game and just know, like, I'm going to be playing a lot of minutes and I can hit big shots next to Eric Gordon. I know defensively doesn't look as good, but offensively, he takes advantage. And I think he can, like, really kind of dissect the defense at times and help this team out. But tonight, it's just that shot, dude. I just feel like all these guys kind of came through with, like, big shots, each of them. Like, yes. except for Booker, fuck <laughs> do a good job. I like how that's my new thing. I get mad at the camera like this, you know, like the mom on the, that 70s show. Um, Jackass. All of them like hit big shots tonight. So he fell right in line with his big three. Yeah, I agree. And he's somebody who's thriving in the system. You know, he's the guy who's benefiting from Bradley Beal being out. It's both him and Eric Gordon are both doing that. And Eric Gordon, you know, you take a look at him tonight. And he goes for 20 points. He goes 5 of 12 from beyond the arc. Six assists, five rebounds. Uh, would have been nice if he had uh, seven rebounds and just avoided the whole second overtime thing. Missed a free throw at the end of uh, the first <laughs> overtime. Yeah. You know, But they're both stepping into the role, and that's why I like what the Suns are doing with their, with their starting five is you're putting guys who are bona fide shooters. Bona fide. Both he and Eric Gordon are bona fide shooters. And they're not afraid of the moment. They're willing to hit down those shots, and they're taking pressure off of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in those big minutes. And that is what's been important for the Suns during this winning streak. So when um, when we get Bradley Beal back in two years when he plays, do you want him – who do you want to replace him in those situations? Is it Eric Gordon that still stays out there? Or, or who is he going to replace? My bad. Him, Eric Gordon, or I think I think KBD goes into the starting lineup with Beal alongside them. I think that both those guys continue what they're doing, but they do so from a bench capacity. Oh, I mean like crunch time. Crunch time, it's gonna be Eric Gordon, right? Out there with Beal. Crunch time will be Eric Gordon. I agree with that. I agree with that. Another guy who looked uh, very well again tonight, Kevin or Kevin Durant. I was almost gonna do Kevin Durant, but I'll go Kate Bates the op first. Get down with KBD. Get down with KBD. Who down with KBD? All right, there you go, everybody. I'm starting to put in Suns highlights on the on the drops. Love it. No more of the Aussie Suns fans (laughs) pool kiss, whatever they're called over there. Yelling (laughs) at you, getting mad at me because they're like, "Hey, that's a highlight from him eight years ago in San Antonio." Now, uh, KBD aggressive early in offensive sets, blocks, deflections. 
love what I saw from Kata Bates Diop. And I got to ask you this, Matthew. Is he a fuck shit up guy? He's close. He's close to it. I think he's close to being a really good defender too. Um, you named a few things he did out there, but also like you can name a few things. It's like, ah, oh, he's so close to just like really getting into somebody, really just grabbing the, the steal or just getting the tip ball. Like he's so close on certain plays. Like I feel like he's almost getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's more comfortable out there, right? Like I think like even being a starter, like you said, when Bill comes back, it'll be him and KBD. I definitely can see that. Um, but I don't I don't see him as a fuck shit up guy. He just has like that that smile, right? Grayson Allen's perfect because he doesn't have a mouth. And he, there's no there, like he he doesn't have a mouth, so he he can't react to anything. He can't. He just has a. KBD is just like always has a smile on him. A little too nice looking guy to be a fuck shit up guy, I think. But I love the guy. I think he's well, been playing really great. So I was wondering, like, should we make an F- FSUG fraternity, like the fuck shit up guy fraternity? Yeah, but like, how I, many can you have? Oh, just like going through the years? No, just like this year. Like, who's part of the fuck shit up? guy fraternity this season like grayson allen is like the president of it you know he's the one who's hazing all the okay. new guys trying to get into the frat i think a kogi's definitely in there i think jordan goodwin's in there and i think kbd like wants to join the frat but he just doesn't know yet i'm gonna make a fuck shit up guy fraternity shirt that's that's gonna be my next thing yeah i think i think i could just see allen there right now just based on not a kogi you know, huh no, I could see a Kogi there. I think tonight had a really good game. Um, but it's just it's something where it's like Allen's been this way the whole game, oh, the whole season, right? You thought a Kogi and Goodwin would be those guys? They have been sporadically, but it's just nothing to where they can be in fraternity yet, right? They still got to get hazed a little bit, you know, go out there, pull their pants down, and have them play basketball that way for a little bit or something. They got to run around with like uh, concrete bricks tied to their, <laughs> tied to their yeah. dinghies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you can make a three pointer. With a with a cinder block tied to your wang, like you're part of the fuck shit up guy fraternity. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Grayson Allen just does it all day long, just stroking it. I don't know. It's it's a thought. I think that all those guys are candidates because KBD does have, as as we both mentioned, he has some disruptiveness to his game. He has the ability to deflect. He has the ability to get into passing lanes, and that's ultimately a guy who fucks shit up for you. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of attitude that goes with that as well. Mm-hmm. But as long as you are contributing in that manner and filling the role of just being a guy who's out there to just fuck with the opposition, you know, make them uncomfortable, make them second guess themselves, make them second guess their passing and their shooting, you know, shot to turns, those little things like that. That's what gets you into the frat that, and obviously tiring a cinder block to your cock. (laughs) Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. Right, Kevin Wayne Durant in this game. Total of 46 minutes played, Matthew. 14 of 27 from the field, including 4 of 9 from beyond the arc. He scores 39 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 7 turnovers. But Kevin Durant tonight... Once again, fantastic. The the ultimate uh, run killer. When the opposition's on a run, just get, put the ball in Kevin Durant's hands. He's going to hit a basket and just deflate a crowd. And I think that that's something that is just again and again and again, something that uh, is valuable to this team. And it just makes everybody else's life so much easier. Uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, man. Yeah, Stephanie Jackson does say KD is going to be the M- season MVP. Get us to the win. Get us to win the West Finals. Uh, the KD thing being MVP is a weird thing, I think, because you know the the losses he has with how Booker. You know what I mean? Like that just kind of hurts him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that like he is that run killer now with the Suns, and but he has those turnovers, and I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? But then he, he just forget about it because of how awesome he is, and he can win you a game. But it's like those turnovers that put you in these situations. Like, they're just so fucking dumb. I'm sorry. Like, I love KD, but some of his passes, dude, in this game were just really atrocious. And they're just like last minute. You could tell as soon as he released, he's like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> but he just makes up for it. But he got us kind of in the situation with those turnovers. I'm not going to lie, dude. I'm going to, I told myself, I'm like, you know what? Even if the Suns win, I'm going to give in to KD a little bit, dude. That way, when we see him at the game, he's like, are you Matthew Lucy? Talking about my fucking turnovers. Oh, dude, it smells so good. So, yeah. 
don't know. So, anyways, I don't know. Katie's no, the, the, yeah, the, the turnovers, the, the the turnovers are frustrating. And you know, it's it's something where just overall, when I look at his game, I'm running out of superlatives to describe it. Okay, but I came up with three new ones to describe his game. Uh, fastidious, which means accurate with every detail. Mm. Uh, seraphic, which is angelic. And sagacity, which means good judgment. But like the turnovers don't showcase great sagacity or fastidiousness, right? He wasn't Love accurate, yeah. not, good, not great judgment consistently. But he makes up for it in so, so many other ways. And those seven turnovers that he had, it was a, a, an early game situation. You look at him in the second half, he only had a couple turnovers. It was five turnovers early that let the Utah Jazz kind of hang around and be in the game. But ultimately, you know, it's 12 consecutive games with 25-plus points, the most ever in Phoenix Suns history, the small ball five in OT, which I absolutely loved. And you take a look at the fact that to this point of the season, he's averaging 31.4 points per game, 7.2 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and he's a true shooting percentage of 64.7. So here's a fun fact for you. Do I do we still have that fucking trivia time thing in here? I do have it. You know what time it is. Trivia time. Kevin Durant trivia time. Okay. If you're hanging out in the chat and you're live, you can you can play along as well. Uh, don't Google things though. That doesn't make it fun. How many seasons has Kevin Durant averaged more than the points per game he's averaging right now? He's averaging 31.4 points per game. How many seasons in his career has he averaged more than 31.4 points per game? 10. So you got 10. Uh, I see David Ray says seven. Um, Jacob says one. Gnarly old Goat Dude says three. Jack M says six. Dagoon says 12. John Tran says six. El Sol says three. Oil Woe says four. The right answer is what Jacob said. It's one. 2013-14 with the Oklahoma City Thunder, he averaged 32 points a game. That's the most he's ever averaged in his career. At age 35, he's averaging 31.4. Now, granted, it's 13 games into the season. 12, 13. 13, 13. But still, that's a pretty impressive for a 35-year-old to go out there. And with that true shooting percent. So I get it. We're frustrated with the turnovers. And this game would be a lot, uh, a bigger blowout. And we wouldn't go to two overtimes. And he wouldn't have to play all those minutes if he didn't contribute to those turnovers. But, man, he makes up for it on the offensive end. He does. And I don't think the turnovers have to do with like the new players and the adjustments in this game. I didn't think that. I thought no, they were just, they were just bad. They were pass. lazy, badass passes. Like, not badass, like right badass. on the bike with a big mama on you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they, not that badass. They were just bad, at, like ass, dude. And um, I think the way that KD kind of responds to it, right, and just takes us to the victory, and then, of course, right. But the MVP thing, it might be a thing. You know, I just, I don't know right now, just because of Booker being out. And then him not being able to pull off any kind of wins, but his his production's insane. And I don't think you can win it with a guy like Booker. I think Booker has a better opportunity to win it with a guy like KD, maybe. But I don't know. It's just I think that's it. They're kind of just both fucked. And we're gonna do this at the end of the year. We're gonna talk about the MVP thing, but honestly, just don't care. I don't either. It's a nice conversation it's so to have. To talk about. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice conversation to have, but at the same time, oh. like I just, I just want to win games. Like, okay, I just, you know, as long as the Suns are winning games, like, yeah, it's fun to sit there and be like, yeah, we've got two potential MVP candidates. Mm. You know, one is a great playmaker who can score, and the other one is just fucking Kevin Durant. You know who he is? He's one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, you were hanging out in Utah tonight, right? I mean, because I was hanging out in Utah on Friday, and then you took the flight up there to check out their subreddit stakeout. So this should be interesting. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Yeah, the King's always here because the glasses are here. That's why I'm lazy. I don't get my other glasses. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> so I'm just the king every night. So I'll just be a thing being the uh -oh. king. 
Oh, listen here, little lady. How old are you? You're too young. All right. Let me see. So what they said was... I'm going to marry you then. <laughs> Maybe it's not a good thing to be the king. Um, well, Batman... You're yeah. on the shitter. What's up? The diet on the shitter? Yes, yeah, mostly. You're, now you're, that I'm in the conspiracies, who knows if that's even true? <laughs> uh, letting Nazir Little go coast to coast is certainly a choice, right? Nazir has such a good start to this game. That's a funny way to put it. It's a choice. It's like, a no, choice. Yeah. He he he. He's athletic, dude. Like, give it to him. Give it I up. Swear, for him. Yeah. No. I swear. I've seen this one a few times in the chat. Kevin fucking Durant. Yep. We say it all the time. Ridiculous officiating. Officiating both sides tonight was yeah. fucking garbage. Like there was some, there were things the Suns got away with and things Utah got away with. I had no idea what was going on. It was hard to avoid all game. I hate these kind of games. And it goes to two overtimes. And yeah. You still have to deal with it. Oh, and ultimately, crazy. you know, Suns fans, uh, the Suns were 22 of 26 from the line. The Utah Jazz were 26 of 32. So, I mean, it just goes to show you there was a lot of whistles being blown on both accounts and you can't sit there and, and really be overly frustrated because it was bullshit both ways. It's one of those ones. Matt yeah. Hound Dog, oh. Lissy. Who you oh. ain't nothing but a hound dog. You should see my feet right now. They're moving, twitching around. <laughs> twitching? Um, I don't know. What does he do with his feet? Or is that my He's got magic legs. Laurie <laughs> <laughs> might be the greatest basketball player to ever walk on this earth. It's hmm. it's true. He's pretty good. I like He's Laurie pretty Martin. good. He's he's pretty good. You know, 38 points for Laurie Marketing tonight, two of ten from beyond the arc. He had 17 rebounds. Jesus, 38 <laughs> and 17. Insane, yeah. yeah he's a, he's good. a one piece the Suns are missing, right? Zero assists. <laughs> yeah. Who are you to pass it to? <laughs> Jordan Clarkson a THT, right. man. So I didn't even look that at THT's guy. numbers. I didn't think THT 25 was. points, nine of I'm 18 kind of from the field, man. four of ten from beyond the arc, three assists, four rebounds. I mean, it was a THT night. You know, the, so Keontae George is the guy who kind of microwaved us last time. Yeah. And it was it was THT tonight. That's just kind of the way it goes. Yep. Almost ended that way, too. Um, whatever happens, this is the best jazz game of this season for now. Of course it is because we're the Suns and we play. We let the Spurs look like fucking champions against us. Yeah. Have they won a uh, game since? No, they're he's. Um, they're on every TNT ESPN game, but they keep losing. And they're down twenty in the third. Yes, every it's time. not even fun to watch. No, uh, I don't feel, watch it. This I see this a lot too. I feel like Eric Gordon never misses when he plays us. So yeah, as long as he's starting for sure. Yeah, so I noticed that in the subreddit stakeout when I was in there uh, on Friday, how much they were just like, dude, Eric Gordon has been a Utah Jazz killer for a long, long time, and here he is doing it again because he did it in overtime. He had eight points in overtime. Eric Gordon was the beneficiary of the small ball five. They doubled on Kevin Durant every chance they could. He just whipped it around, and then boom, it was in Eric Gordon's hands, and he made him pay uh, until it was nine points because he made one of his two free throws. Yeah, it's nice to have one of those guys on your team. Um, it is. Think, yeah. Um, and that's about it. That's all. <sighs> that's it. That's all I got. Sorry, guys. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. In your notes, Matthew, that you want to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Okogi, really nice plays tonight. Him and Little made huge plays tonight to keep this game alive and keep the Suns close. Okogi, I think, had a really good bounce back game, hit his first three, but, um, he made a turnover, and then as soon as he did that, he went back and broke up that alley-oop to mark it in. That's right. That was a good play. body in midair to do that shit, that's insanely hard. So huge game by him, I felt like. Um, I think that's all I had, really. The only other play we didn't talk about. So, All right. Well, there you go. Uh, time to hand out a wee bit of little hardware. <laughs> Jamsters, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. I went first last time. Matthew, it's your turn to go first. Oh, who do I give it to? I'm going to give it to KD. Eric Gordon was close, though. But yeah, let me give it to KD, even though I got so mad at him earlier about his turnovers. I know. You were you were really upset with him. And like, uh, oh, See how you, mad you, I got? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, like, I think that next time you see him in person, he's going to remember this. And he's going to put you in a headlock, and it's going to smell fantastic. Yeah. So you got that going for you. Who do you got? Yeah, you got? I, I I got Kevin Durant as well. Okay, cool. Um, you know, you take a look at a lot of the jamsters, and they're agreeing and 
right up and down the board. David Ray, Katie is once again my choice for Jam Star. He had 39 points, one more point, one more point than he had on Friday. El Sol gives it to Katie. AJW gives it to Katie. Suns Fever 83 gives it to Katie. Metal Mike, Katie. Jam, Katie. John Doe, Nasty Nas. Forgiven the most fucks. <laughs> John Tran. It is Kevin Durant. Uh, gnarly old goat dude. Uh, easy Katie. Katie for Jacob. Uh, Vogel for adjusting from Ollie Woe. Um, <laughs> Francisco, <Give> C, me- <laughs> feel off that graphic. LOL. I, have, I thought I had a Nazir a little graphic too, but I guess not. So my bad, guys. You don't. Jack M, Ooh. it's getting boring. Katie, no, it's not. I love giving it to Katie. Uh, EG, runner-up. Shauna Liz gives it to Katie. Um, Lazy Squatch. I guess it's Kevin Durant. So. Uh, just write down you know, Nathan Show, Katie, C- CL Oracle, Kevin Wayne Durant. Uh, Lazy Squatch, Big Nurk. Um, Stephanie Jackson, my, my season MVP, Kevin fucking Durant. Amen to that. So I'll tell you this, Utah jazz fans are going to have nightmares about Kevin Durant until they're eating Thanksgiving turkey on (laughs) Thursday because he fucked him up this weekend, man. You know, I mean, between both games, he scored a total of 77 points in two games against them. Um, Yeah, they're they're going to they're going to remember him. They're going to remember him. Next up for the Phoenix Suns, Tuesday, 7 p.m. We are playing an in-season tournament game. Against the Portland Trailblazers, Matthew. What are you looking for in this game, huh? Oh, I wonder. Any storylines that we should uh, be focusing in on? Somebody's returning. Okay. That doesn't give a fuck. And he's not going to give a fuck. Well, Ish, Ish <laughs> Wainwright's hurt, though, man. <laughs> so, no, Ish will make a return somehow and just destroy the Suns like he always does. Um, no, you know who it is, guys, right? I don't know why am I doing that. Yes. DeAndre Ayton is coming back on Tuesday. It's going to be the first game coming back that actually counts. Did come back and play a preseason game here. Did not dress for that game. But DeAndre Ayton, who is currently uh, averaging 12.3 points per game and 11.5 rebounds per game, uh, 10.6 field goal attempts per game, and Two turnovers per game. One DeAndre Ayton returns, Matthew. Yeah, and I think Nurk has a better defensive rating than him, too, at the centers. I'm pretty positive. I wouldn't. Well, I was trying again, to look that up again, but yeah, he does. Um, um, yeah, it's just nice. I've already forgot about DA. Usually, like when these guys leave the Suns, I like to like kind of box score watch to see how good they're doing, but I'm just like, I'm done. I'm so glad it's over with. I hope he plays. I hope we destroy him. It's all his fault this fucking happened, all this shit. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We have an awesome team. <laughs> We're seven and six. It's his fault, damn it. Yeah. No, obviously, that's a big storyline coming in. You know, the things that I see, I do see on Twitter because a lot of Suns fans still pay attention to what is going on with DeAndre Ayton. And there's just a lot of lackadaisical play uh, that occurs. In fact, we might want to reach out to our buddy over at the uh, Podland trailcasters and see if he wants to join us for the postgame pod on that one uh, because it's going to be an interesting um, just an interesting affair come Tuesday the Portland Trailblazers they're three and nine they're the second to worst team uh, in the Western Conference their injury report Malcolm Brogdon's out Scoot Henderson's out uh, Anthony Simons is out Ish Wainwright's out Robert Williams is out so this is not only a team that uh, has a lot of turnover, but they're very depleted. You take a look at you know who's leading them in scoring thus far this season. Uh, it's Jeremy Grant, which makes sense. You have Shane Sharp, who's been playing well. Um, you have, let's see, I'm trying to see Matisse Thibel. Where's he at? Tumani Kamara. Tumani Kamara's playing all their games. He's averaging 5.6 points per game, and he is a 25% shooter from beyond the arc. So we will see some Tumani Kamara in this. And I can't wait to see the tweets where everyone's like, we should have kept Tumani after he makes one three. Yeah. It's funny, like how those guys leave and we're like, oh, the potential, right? The potential, it was always the potential. Mm. The potential, we let it go. I mean, Aiden had playoff experience, finals experience. What are we doing? What are we um, doing? So it's nice that they're on one team. Uh, Tumani's probably going to be a better player in the NDA. So. 
Suns win, Suns lose, Matthew. Oh, Suns win. Thank God we're playing them and then the Warriors right after, which they're going through injuries and Draymond yeah, he's not playing that game. He's so. not he's not playing that game either. So Thank yeah, God. and then after that we play the Memphis Grizzlies. So we have a, a little opportunity here to start a run. We've won three consecutive games. Uh we have an opportunity to go forth and win the fourth one uh on Tuesday against the Portland Trailblazers. So tune in, Jamsters, after that game as we'll be going live as we always do. We do thank you for joining us wherever you're consuming this content. Thank you for supporting the podcast. And again, if you go to phoenixfits.net and use promo code SUNSJAM10, you can get 10% off your purchase there. So until Tuesday night, Jamsters, uh, Suns win. Suns win. It was all ball. Go home and love your balls. <laughs>